I think our first few program days actually shaped which project that we decided to choose. And that's because we talked a lot about early education. The correlation between the quality of life or going down the wrong path and someone having a third grade education is absolutely eye-opening. Something that I certainly learned a lot about in our project days. So knowing that there's kids who wanted to learn and be a part of this debate team, and they might not have the opportunity to do so if this project wasn't completed and how we know it should have been done. It was actually, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. It's something that I think we were moved to, to pick. Hello and welcome to another edition of TrekCast, the official podcast of the Real Estate Council. From deep in the heart of Dallas, Texas, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thank you for joining us. Today we'll be diving into the 2022 Associate Leadership Council class project to renovate the Kathleen Joy Gilliam Museum. Gilliam was the first black woman to serve as a trustee and later lead the DISD board. Her family home has been turned into the aforementioned museum and after-school programs facility that serves a nationally renowned debate team comprised of students in third through fifth grades, as well as individual and group reading programs. Unfortunately, the building was damaged by fire on two separate occasions in the last few years, and the ALC class is working on restoring the facility and implementing some additional safety enhancements to ensure this doesn't happen again. I'll be chatting with ALC class member Patrick Clark, who was critical in researching the project and bringing it before the class for a vote. He joins me to talk more about Gilliam's legacy, the scope of work in bringing this project to life for the Forest District community, and the impact that participating in ALC has had on him as a recent Dallas transplant. Before we get started, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app and follow Trek on social media for the latest from around the organization. You can also learn more about our community investment initiatives at trekcommunityinvestors.org and more about Kathleen Joy Gilliam at kathleenjoygilliam.org. We'll link to both of those sites in the show notes. Another quick note, applications for the ALC class of 2023 are now open. So head on over to recouncil.com ALC to learn more and submit your application materials today. The 10-month ALC program takes participants on a journey through the commercial real estate industry and Dallas civic life. Class members come together for monthly educational programs and lunches, network with the city's top business leaders and political figures, get personalized career training with an executive coaching firm, and implement a community investment project like the one we'll discuss on today's show. The training and benefits that class members receive often have a profound impact on their careers for years to come, and you'll make lifelong friends and business connections who are united in this shared experience of becoming the next generation of commercial real estate leaders here in Dallas. So apply today. Again, you'll find everything you need to apply at recouncil.com ALC. That's recouncil.com ALC. Now, here's my conversation with Patrick Clark, right here on TrackCast. Pat, it's good to see you. Thanks for being on the show today. Uh, We're going to talk about the 2022 ALC class project to renovate and eventually reopen the Kathleen J. Gilliam Museum in South Dallas. But first, I'd like to give our listeners the opportunity to get to know you a bit better. So please tell us a bit about who you are and the kind of work that you do. Well, first off, Bill, thanks for having me. This is a really cool experience. 
So I'm fairly new to Texas. Before moving to Dallas, I had a short professional golf career, which led me to travel a lot. And then I got into commercial real estate in DC and the Northern Virginia markets. Like so many other people who are moving here, we moved here because we thought there was a lot of opportunity and really it was a place that we wanted to raise a family. Um, when we did get to Dallas, my first introduction to different firms while I was interviewing, I said, hey, I've been a part of ULI, NAOP, CREBA, that sort of thing. What, what's, the, you know, what's the best networking that I should do here? And everybody hands down said Trek. You have to. So I got really lucky that I met my now boss, Sarah Kennington, that she was at fight night that I was invited to, and we hit it off from there. So super thankful for Trek for being an ALC and, and being here today. That's awesome. I'm glad you got involved with us. Uh, how was your fight night experience? I will say I'd never seen anything like it before, <laughs> but it was it was awesome. You could definitely feel the energy. A lot of people had been cooped up from COVID. So I think it was a, a really good mix of people just kind of brushing off the suits and, and getting back in front of their friends and the people that are passionate around them. It was it was exciting for me. And I kind of forgot that I guess there hadn't been a fight night before that. So the excitement was there. The energy was there. It was definitely a motivating factor for me to say, wow, I, I moved to probably the most exciting city in the country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, how has ALC been? Being in a new city, I would say ALC was really exciting for me, you know, making new friends, getting my networking going, that sort of thing. I was a little worried about how would people welcome me from having different experiences and not being from Dallas. Sure. But that actually ended up being probably my strongest asset. People were excited. Where are you from? What have you learned? And I was just very thankful that everybody was so uh, welcoming. The experience of ALC itself has been better than I could have ever imagined. The information that we get during the program days are so insightful and it's a really behind the scenes look into where Dallas has been and where today's leaders want to go. And all the experiences are awesome, but the people in the class, you know, we don't have just, um, 30 brokers or 30 finance officers, the people and the experiences are made because of the other 29 people in the chairs that we have. You know, we have architects, engineers, property managers, capital markets, BD, it, it goes on and on. So it just makes us so well-rounded. And we joke all the time that we say, hey, we're, uh, we're best friends. And these are the people that I'm gonna work with forever. So it's been an awesome experience. Yeah, you'd, you'd be surprised at, at just how true that is. Like we've had classes from 20, 25 years ago that are sending us pictures that just went to happy hour again. Um, so yeah, those those relationships are ones that you know, you're gonna have professionally for years and years. Um, to maybe put you on the spot a little bit, what has been the most insightful or interesting thing that, that you've learned just being so new to, to Dallas and just finding your footing among you know the rest of the industry here? Well, in the ALC program, that's a tough question. I mean, we have the speakers alone. Like you and I, we've talked about it in, in the past. Bill Colley is incredible. His story is amazing. You, you know, I could hear that story five more times and be probably more motivated every time I, I hear it. Uh, we had Tom Leppert, 
the former mayor of Dallas, come speak. His experience in both the private and public sector is incredible. Uh, Scott Rohrman, you know, his approach to how he went about Deep Ellum on a case by case to each tenant, building that relationship personally yeah, is just, you know, you don't get to hear all those stories all the time. Uh, the list goes on and on just from the speaker standpoint alone. I would say going to Parkland Hospital was incredible. Seeing what they do and the volume of people they treat day to day and how they track data and they learn from all of that to create better systems, including you know things like their mental health initiatives, which is so important going on. So to hear that was a really cool experience. And then the Arts and Culture Day really stood out to me because we had people in our class who are from Dallas and were still blown away by the 10 district. And to learn how important art and culture is to the you know outside cities of why people are moving here, it was really, really neat to see. So I know I didn't answer your question. There's just too many to choose from. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. Why don't we get into the project uh, Kathleen J. Gilliam, for those that don't know, uh, most notably uh, was the first black woman to be elected as a DISD trustee and serve as board president. She was a hugely influential civil rights figure here in Dallas. Tell us a bit about what you've learned about her and her legacy as you guys have gone through this project. Absolutely. So Kathleen J. Gilliam, you know, her legacy was about taking action for all equal rights and her life was absolutely dedicated to making the community a better place. The Gilliams bought the house in South Dallas in the 1970s, and she had this open door policy where the community was allowed to just knock, walk right in, and she'd have meetings at her kitchen table. Uh, the stories that we've heard, because we've been dealing directly with her daughter, Connie, have been really, really neat, and you can see the passion through Connie as well. But you know, she understood that education was super important for the future of her community. And she also understood that equality would need to be fought for. So to me, what I didn't know going into it was that the museum, it's not just a museum to see where you know she lived. It's actually a learning center and it's a debate team learning uh, program for third through fifth graders. So her legacy and passions are definitely carried on through these kids who understand that they've got to fight for what they believe in and they now have the tools to do that. Um, they have a national competition that they enter every year in okay. Atlanta. They've won it multiple times and they actually won it the very first year they ever entered it. Oh, wow. So really, really cool. Um, and past that, you know, she started the nonprofit Clean South Dallas. And then she also has the Kathleen J. Gilliam Collegiate Ac Academy where, you know, the, the number of graduates and then the number of kids who actually go on and graduate from college after that are staggering. That's awesome. Um, so the Gilliam House was designated as a City of Dallas landmark in 2015, but was twice damaged by fire, first in 2020 and then again in 2021. So as of now, just to clarify, the, the academy is not operating its after-school programs, is that right? Unfortunately, that's correct. We're doing our best to get the program going so they can restart this fall. Okay. Can you, can you sort of walk us through what the extent of that fire damage was? Now to just get into the real estate of, of this project, what, what was the extent of the damage and what was the condition that the property was in when you guys started, I guess, looking into it as a, um, as a community investment project for, 
for this year. Um, exactly what what were you guys looking at in terms of what the the scope of work would have to be? Uh, sure. to renovate it. So it was severe smoke and fire damage throughout the entire house. The first time we walked through the house, um, you know, Catherine's daughter, Connie, who I mentioned before, she was kind of telling us, hey, brace yourself. Uh, I'm not a construction expert, but even I could tell that all the floors needed to be removed, ceilings, doors, um, pretty much almost down to the studs, it seemed. I think there were a few door frames that could be salvaged. We had full electrical and mechanical that needed to be replaced. Siding on one side of the house was severely damaged, and then the fireplace needed to be rebuilt. I know that the bricks were able to be salvaged and reinstalled for the fireplace. Plumbing was mostly okay. That's because it was underneath the, the floors, and then HVAC was completely replaced as well. So, um, and I believe the back deck is had to be re- rebuilt as well. So, from my understanding, the class isn't just renovating the house. I've, I've also heard that you're looking into making security upgrades for the property and getting to know the neighbors and the surrounding community and really ensuring that there is no fire number three. So, can you tell us more about what you guys are doing from that perspective? Absolutely. So our class, first and foremost, community engagement was a big topic. Our first program day was dedicated to communicating with the neighbors and anybody close by to discuss this mission. I think it's just so you don't go in and get your hands on something and then leave. It's really important to educate the people that are around there because you also, as a community, you want them to have pride in in what's going on there. And we've even had some of the kids from the program days come join us. And we're going to hopefully have some more of them join in our next uh, volunteer day where they'll come and help with the landscape and stuff like that. And it'll be, it just turns into a really fun experience then, not just for us to change and make an impact, but for them to be involved as well. We do take for granted that the immediate neighbors, you'd think, oh, we know what this is. But there was quite a few of them that said, oh, what is going on here? So we were really happy that response was great. We love the questions. And it's something that I hope that we continue to do as we help any neighborhood. The security is so important because obviously it wasn't just fire damage once, it was twice. So all of this is great but it does no good if it happens again so we're in the process to add security cameras and likely a monitoring system the landscaping placement along the fence lines is something that we can also do to help the security and then adding proper lighting to the project is very impactful as well that we will do from here on out so i I can definitely make some inferences and read the tea leaves into why a leadership development class like alc would gravitate toward a, a project like this, but why do you think the class voted to take this project on? And I know you had done the initial research into it and bringing it to the class, but what do you think inspired your classmates to, to say, yeah, let, let's do this? We had three really good projects in front of us. I think our first few program days actually shaped which project that we decided to choose. And that's because we talked a lot about early education. The correlation between the quality of life or going down the wrong path and someone having a third grade education is absolutely eye-opening, something that I certainly learned a lot about in our project days. So knowing that there's kids who wanted to learn and be a part of this debate team and they might not have the opportunity to do so if this project wasn't completed and how we know it should have been done. It was actually, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. It's something that I think we were moved to, to pick. And also timing was key. 
we knew that this is a project that could be completed. And I think we really wanted to complete the project while we were all still together as a class, even though we're going to stay in touch and, and be close moving forward. So how, how far into the project are you guys? So we actually had a call earlier today, and it's nice that every call we have, we have 10, 12 people, even more joining, even if they don't have any part in that day's discussion, everybody's still involved in it. But we're trying to wrap it up mid-November and get the CO so they can actually, so the kids can actually go in. If we have to do a little bit of work on the exterior after that, that's fine. But the main focus is getting the kids back into the house so they can start the programs. Oh, that's great. So we're not too far off from from it being finished then. That's correct. That's, yeah, that's correct. That's, we're that's excited. Great. How does the fact that the house is a historic landmark factor into the project plans? Does that does that complicate what you guys are doing? Does that give more of a a, a convenient guideline for for the work that you're doing? How do, how does it factor in? So we're facing the same challenges that I think a lot of projects or most projects are facing right now. And that's your materials, your supply issues. You know, the budget seems like it's been a moving target. Uh, but with all that being said, it's probably the fact that we're up against restoring versus renovating because it's a historical landmark. The certificate of appropriateness is needed here and not because that it's a landmark district, but because of the use and the history of this building. So that being said, you know, having Trek's name involved in this really helps us moving through the timeline to get the task force and then the landmark commission approval wasn't bad at all. I actually think they were great to work with. And, you know, from our side, that's something that it could have really held up, but we moved through that process pretty well. But that was definitely our biggest challenge going into this. The new year will be here sooner than you know it. And that means it's time to renew your Trek membership for 2023. However, the process will look a little different this year. You will not receive a paper invoice in the mail. Instead, renewals will be done entirely online through our new member portal, Community Hub. All individual members, those at the investor, advocate, and young guns levels, will need to renew as an individual, while group renewals will be offered for corporate memberships only, so those at the partner, principal, stakeholder, and founder levels. To renew your membership, log into your Community Hub account over at recouncil.com by clicking the blue member login box in the top right corner of the screen. All members must create a Community Hub profile to renew their memberships, register for events, and more. For more information, check out the blog post we published about Community Hub last month over at recouncil.com slash trek news or hit the link in the show notes. Now, let's get back to the show. Considering you've only lived in Dallas for, I guess, now a little more than a year, is that right? That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how does how does being a part of ALC and, and working on a project like this help get you acclimated and not not assimilated, but help get you into the city and feeling like you're a part of of um, you know just the the hustle and, and bustle of of Dallas. Right. I'm incredibly fortunate. I think anybody who lives in a large city, it's very easy to kind of stay in your bubble. This is where I work. This is where I eat. This is where my friends are. And that sort of thing. The ALC program, you know, we, it's like drinking from a fire hose for me. The number of areas that we visited during the program days has been amazing. And it would have probably taken me a few years 
to cover all that ground if I was doing it on my own or even with some other friends in, in my regular networking. So very thankful for ALC in, in that manner. And then the project itself, it just it makes you get out of your comfort zone. It makes you realize that there are other areas that even though maybe I wouldn't go down this road, it makes you check out how other people are living. It makes you be invested and motivated to keep finding out. And then how can you give back? And I think that's what we're here for. Has anything surprised you uh, about how all these different entities, whether it's government, the business community, education, nonprofits, and really everybody in between, Anything surprise you about how they all sort of come together to form a, a city like this? Well, I think the fact that you said how they come together, uh, that's the piece that was a little surprising to me. They do communicate with each other. Dallas is huge uh, as far as the whole Metroplex, but it's incredible how many of our speakers overlap and how many they know each other. And they certainly don't all agree and they don't do business the same way, but the level of respect I feel like they have for each other and the common ground of just simply making Dallas better and where we're headed, that's been the sentiment and it's been really neat to see. So Pat, I've got a couple of other uh, icebreaker type questions for you, just stuff to get to know you a bit better. If you could put up a billboard on the side of the Dallas highway, be it 75 or um, the tollway or, or whatever, if you could put up a billboard with anything on it, what would your billboard say and why? It's a good question. I think, I think if I had to put something on a billboard, it would be really simple and it would just say, don't wait. I'm new to Dallas and I'm really learning that if there's something you want out of the city that you live in, or if there's something that you want your future kids to, to be a part of, to have, go ahead and start. Chances of other people feel the same way is really high. And I think we tend to think about it too much, but just take action and don't wait. I know that I'm fortunate by, I called it drinking from a fire hose earlier, but I'm really, really fortunate. I've gotten great friends from it. The networking is incredible. And I've really gotten to see the history of this city. And there's no way I could have had a better start to my time here in Dallas. So definitely don't wait. Now, I know you're new to the city as well, um, but if you had a friend coming to town and you were to show them anything uh, in the city, what would you guys go do? Um, what would you show them? Uh, where would you take them to eat? What would that day look like? Okay, so being new to Dallas, um, I've probably done all of the what you would call touristy things. I just went to my first state fair, which was um, interesting to say the least, but I loved it. And I'll definitely be ready to to go back and do it again next year. Um, I think White Rock Lake for me kind of makes me feel at home. It reminds me of, you know, being in Georgetown and DC. So it's something my wife and I really enjoy and just being outdoors. Also Deep Ellum and the farmer's market is awesome. It's just very lively seeing everybody walk around. And I think you can tell that that part of town is definitely transitioning into something really, really cool. So I'm excited to see uh, where it goes in the next three to five years. And then I can't, you know, you can't mistake the stockyards for anything else. It is unlike anything I've ever seen, but I'm definitely here for it. Um, I love the fact that these different areas are so different and just, you know, and anything that is not normal, uh, you know, I want to see it. I want to experience it. So, and then on the food side, I know that 
you know, Javier's is a, is a great Tex-Mex staple. And so is Katie trail ice house. Uh, but I also like kind of the, the hole in the wall places or the, the places that are a little less unassuming. So my go-to spot is, uh, Jimmy's food store. You know, it, you're not sure what state you're in, but you just know when you walk in, the smell hits you and it's, uh, it's going to be some of the best food you've ever had. And they're very, very authentic Italian. And then, um, Richardson has such a great, uh, Asian food community there. And there's a place called Jang Chi. It's probably my favorite, uh, soup dumpling I've ever had. So that's been really neat to experience places like that. Um, and then I know you said food, but I'll, I'll, I'll add my favorite drink and Beto and son has, I think the best margarita I've ever had. And I've got to thank ALC for that because we actually went there during our, um, one of our program days and I've been back since a couple of times. So our slogan, Trek slogan is to build the city you've imagined. Um, and I've always thought of it as a challenge to our members to leave a positive lasting mark on our city whether it be on literally shaping our skyline as part of the real estate industry, influencing public policy, getting involved with community investment initiatives, um, or preparing future generations of real estate professionals and executives, the, the emerging leaders that we talk about. But as someone who's so new to track and new to the city and industry here, what does build the city you've imagined mean for you? Um, what, what is, what does that mean for, for your career and, and your time with Trek and, and what impact do you hope to make, um, as a real estate professional here in Dallas? Sure. I mentioned earlier that my wife and I moved here because this is where we wanted to raise a family and we felt that they were opportunities. So I'd like to think that I'll have an impact in this city, you know, where we want to raise kids, but also where we want our kids to be prideful and, and come back to us as well. It might be cheesy, but the phrase always leave something better than you found it kind of comes to mind. We have all these ideas of how to make Dallas better and quality, you know, for a larger group of people and for all types of people. So to do that in a way for our next generation, if we can leave Dallas in a way that they can then improve on it, I think is the ultimate goal from my perspective. And if I can do that through real estate, whether it's the type of buildings that we look to and design or the the network that we have and the people that we surround ourselves with, I'll be very happy. Pat, this was great. Thank you so much for your time. Um, enjoy the rest of the ALC program and, and good luck to you guys in, in getting this project done. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. That's all for today's show. I'd like to thank Patrick Clark for chatting with me about the 2022 ALC class project to renovate the Kathleen Joy Gilliam Museum. Remember, applications for the class of 2023 are now open, so check out recouncil.com slash ALC for more information and to apply now. And, as always, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app, follow Trek on social media and YouTube, and renew your membership for next year and cross this very important item off your holiday season to-do list. We've linked to everything for you in the show notes for this episode. Until next time, I'm Bill San Antonio. Thanks for listening.